Hello, dear viewers and listeners. Welcome to AuthorCast. This is Nico, and today we have Kalle Rosenbaum, who wrote the great book, Rocking Bitcoin. Here's the book we're talking about. This is the German version, by the way. We do one in, in Finnish as well, which is still in the works. Um, Kalle, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So, can you tell us a little bit about the book? Why did you write it? Who who is it intended for and who can benefit from it the most? Yeah, uh, so uh, why did I write it first? It's, uh, it's because the, uh, the publisher, Manning, uh, publisher for the English version of the book, uh, emailed me and asked me if I wanted to write a book about blockchain. And I replied back to them and I said, uh, well, uh, I'd like to write a book book about Bitcoin, but such, thank you very much for the interest. And then we started discussing from, discussing from there. And so we ended up with the concept of grokking Bitcoin. And it took me two and a half years to write it. And uh, in two, 2019, it came out in May. And this book is a deep technical book. It teaches Bitcoin from the ground up on a very technical level, but it's not so it's primarily intended for tech-savvy people or technically-oriented people, not necessarily developers, but if you have a technical interest, you should be able to uh, get through this book. And um, But you also need to be very curious uh, because you will lose interest otherwise because it's, it goes pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And once I, I grabbed the book and I read it, I instantly I saw uh, the potential to be even like a, you know, university level textbook about Bitcoin. And I found it really fascinating. And I'll be honest, I had to, a lot of the parts of the book, I had to read multiple times just to gain, gain the understanding because I'm not a technical person. So. Uh, yeah, it's true. If, if you're looking for a more deeper understanding in the techniques of Bitcoin, I think this is the this is the most comprehensive book I've come across so far uh, in, in that regards. Yeah, and, and the the, uh, the the main the main challenge for me was to how do you make a deep technical book without using code? Uh, because I don't I didn't want to want to target just programmers. I wanted to target the Bitcoin users in general, uh, because understanding how Bitcoin works is very, have, to have a big group of people who actually understand how Bitcoin works will make Bitcoin more resilient against attacks and it will make them less, uh, less vulnerable to, to bullshit. So, uh, my, my goal was to explain Bitcoin to technical people technically oriented people, but not necessarily to, to developers. And I do that by using uh, uh, very uh, detailed diagrams and concrete examples instead of, instead of uh, program code. Yes. In that regards this, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's re really a special book because of the diagrams. There's over 400, um, really detailed graphs to explain. And like you said, there's not much code there. Some of it is, but it's, it, it is intended. It, it is some, it is readable to somebody like me who doesn't program. 
it's just, it does take a lot of uh, effort and curiosity to get to the bottom of it. I think you use great analogies and, and, uh, you know, the figures make it really, really clear. And this is also one reason why it's such a difficult book to make because there's so much content that the, the amount of data there is, is staggering. You have to really, uh, really see this, this book. And uh, one more thing about the, you know, the uh, publisher wanted to ask if, if you want to write a book about blockchain. Uh, funnily enough, we, we kind of, um, we decided to use that mindset against the market in a way in the Finnish version, because we actually named the book, uh, as you know, uh, it's called the Syvemälelohkoketjun in Finnish, which means that dwelling deeper into blockchain, uh, because in Finland and in maybe many other countries as well, it's, it's still the narrative, you know, blockchain is interesting, uh, you know, Bitcoin is all technology, blah, blah, blah. And the point that we are trying to make with this is that Bitcoin is the blockchain or rather a blockchain is a fundamental part of how Bitcoin works. And, and that's pretty much it. You know, if you want to learn about it more, you learn about Bitcoin. There's no other use case for the, for the blockchain. Then we're talking about a, uh, some kind of a distributed database solution rather than, than a blockchain. So uh, yeah, just something, something interesting to, to share there. Yeah. Maybe I should say a few words about how the book is laid out or what the learning path is, uh, because that's quite interesting to, to me. Um, and I'm quite proud of it as well. Uh, it's that it's quite hard to start learning about Bitcoin by studying Bitcoin itself, because Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a closed loop of, of technologies. And you can't just dive into one one part of Bitcoin and just understand that part without the context of the other parts. So uh, I started by I I started I we in the book we build Bitcoin from scratch. You start out with a stupid spreadsheet system that anybody can can understand, and it's highly centralized, highly censorable. Uh, so it's not censorship resistant at all. And then we add uh, certain technologies to this spreadsheet and in each chapter. So each chapter basically starts with a, with a problem description of the current system. Why we focus, for example, on, uh, in the very first chapter or third chapter, actually second chapter. Sorry. We, uh, we conclude that anybody can steal coins from, from someone else by just, uh, uh faking their, their, their name saying, Hey, I'm, I'm uh, Nico. Please send money to the cafe. And then we solve that issue by, by, by applying certain Bitcoin technology, in this case, uh, digital signatures. And that's, that's the path of the book for the first eight chapters. So after chapter eight, we have built actually a Bitcoin from scratch. Uh, so that's, that's a nice way to learn Bitcoin. Uh, that's, that's how I would have loved to learn Bitcoin when I started out. Unfortunately, there, there's, unfortunately, there weren't any such resources then. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I just wanted to, to mention how. No, it's definitely worth mentioning. And I think that's one of the best part of, parts of the book, the pedagogical uh, approach, how, how you explain it, um, to be honest, that's also one reason what made me think that this might be something one day 
that will be taught in the university level of, of you know, like an introductory course on, on how Bitcoin works. I think it serves really well with that. Like if, if, if you are, if you went to, uh, you know, you did high school mathematics and, and you're a curious personality, I think you're not going to have trouble with this book. Of course, it's going to be a lot of work when you go through it. However, and then maybe this, this is where we can talk a little bit about the publishing model that you chose, which is also very interesting and worth mentioning here because it is in fact for free available to everybody, right? Right. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, my requirement when I wrote the book for Manning was that we would also publish it as an open source version, uh, with, uh, the exact same content. So it, it isn't crippled in any way the open source version version. Actually, it's more up to date and because it have all the Ferrata fixes in it. Uh, so it's available for free on GitHub. Uh, you can search for Grokking Bitcoin there, or I have also uh, built a version to in uh, an HTML version of the book that you can browse on my website. It's, uh, should I mention it here? Yeah, go ahead and we'll put the link down, down in the description as well. Yeah. So it's at rosenbaum.se slash book. So please check it out there. It's a nice try before buy option. If, if you, if you're just interested to get more, uh, to be, get a better idea of the book. Yep. And, and, you know, like I, I like physical books and I, for example, that this kind of book is really shines as a physical copy, but as you said, you know, updating the content, you know, you kind of have to get the new book if you want the updated content, but of course you can use these both in tandem and like it's the HTML version is actually my favorite because it's kind of like a really great index. I mean, sure it's, it's big when you load it the first time, but then you can do queries and you can do searches within the book and you can find just the, just the info you're looking for. And yeah, I, I think they work really well together. And I think you made the correct choice. And I hope uh, more, more and more publishers go this road. So the information is not going to be impeded by you know, any kind of financial barriers or any kind of barriers. You know, maybe, maybe you can't even order books to some, or say that you, it's not really convenient to ship to some countries, but uh, everybody has access to the internet. And it's a great way to check it out. If, if it's something that you'll be into, then I will highly recommend you either get the original English or get the, get the German version with it or get the Finnish version with it. And by the way, all of these versions will, will honor the open source version as well. So there will be an HTML version and uh, it will be accessible for free for everybody. And on top of that, you can get the really nice premium uh, print version if you choose. So. What, what are the core lessons? Like we talked about, uh, or I talked about kind of like having this as a, a part of a universe, uh, uni, uh, university curriculum. And what are the core lessons that you can learn from this book? Yeah. So, um, I would say that the core lessons are that for every hoops, for all the hoops and loops we go through when, well, in Bitcoin, how, how Bitcoin is built. It's a complex system, but the complexity comes from, from the fact that Bitcoin, unlike other systems, need to achieve censorship resistance. Bitcoin is a censorship resistant system, which means no one can stop it. No, no one can block people from making transactions or, or use the system. So. Uh, 
And in order to achieve this, we need to go through all these weird technologies that we use. So all the hopes and loops we go through is because of censorship resistance. That's the only way we know of to achieve censorship resistance. And so I'm going to say the word censorship resistance a lot, a lot now, but uh, the killer feature of Bitcoin is censorship resistance. It's not, it's not the uh, global transactions or it's not uh, 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 finite supply or anything like that. It's to, as if you ask me, it's the censorship resistance that's, that's it, that is the killer. And I want the reader to, to, uh, to, uh, have that as a main takeaway from the book. And every chapter, almost every chapter in the book, uh, solves a problem with censorship, actually. So every chapter tries to uh, fix a censorship problem that we have with some technology to make it more censorship resistant. And after chapter eight, we have made a censorship resistant system. So that's, that's the main takeaway, I would say. Yeah. And I, I agree that censorship resistance is the killer apples of Bitcoin. That's the, that's the crux that makes it into Bitcoin, makes it relevant. Because otherwise you would just have some kind of a, another e-cache that can be shut down and, and that won't be very, very much useful to anybody. Right? Exactly. And, and this is unfortunately something that in so-called altcoins or shitcoin projects like, try to emulate and they take these buzzwords and those ideas uh, to separate them from Bitcoin, which is a whole, you can't really, it's a game theoretical, you know, there's a lot of things um, that come together in human psychology and incentive models, but without censorship persistence, it doesn't really do anything. Like yeah. it does not provide the service that is supposed to provide, which is to eliminate the trust in third parties. So we can begin to trust each other, you know, yeah. like, like with yeah. a free, free, you know, uh, limited in quantity, but unlimited in utility, this kind of money. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. And yeah, I hope this is, well, it, it's after you read the book, it is quite obvious that, you know, this is the theme that keeps coming up and it's, it's not just your book. It's basically every, every, uh, in my opinion, valid book about Bitcoin recognizes the censorship resistance. And I think, um, Eric Woskul writes, writes it well. Also in his crypto economics, it starts with the outlining the axiom of resistance. Like, which is a prerequisite for understanding or even being interested in Bitcoin, in my opinion. Well, if you don't, um, I mean, some people are interested in just making fiat gains, so they buy Bitcoin and they flip it for fiat. That's, that's another separate thing. But yeah. to be, to understand Bitcoin, you have to kind of believe in the axiom of resistance that there can be systems that cannot be corrupted by, by a third party, cannot be controlled by somebody and they are resistant. It can't be proven that it's, it's absolute that it cannot be censored, but it is resisting censorship. And you have to kind of believe that based on the axiom that we have, we can derive from mathematics and you know, probabilities. Yeah. Do you have a favorite part to share about the book? Um, yes, I think I do. Uh, I think it's chapter 10 and 11. Chapter 10 oh. is, uh, is about SegWit. Uh, it explains 
some problems that SegWit solves and then how SegWit solves those problems. And SegWit was an update, update to Bitcoin that came in 2017 that uh, solves, among other things, uh, something called transaction malleability, uh, which is, uh, I won't go into details on that, but, but, uh, but I, I'm really, I'm really uh, happy with how that chapter turned out. It's very, very, um, it's, it's of course very deep. But it's, I like the, I, re, I, I really like the, uh, the path of that chapter. Uh, and the, also the diagrams of that chapter. It's very nice. And I also like, you know, chapter 11. Um, chapter 11 kind of puts everything together into, uh, and talks about how to upgrade Bitcoin. Hard, hard forks, soft forks, and why soft forks are preferable to hard forks, uh, or according to some, the only actual option. Uh, and it also comes to the conclusion of the, of the user activated soft forks and how the users are, are the one in, who controls the, uh, the rules of the system. I, I can I can read one little segment from the book. Please, uh, it's from chapter eleven. Then it's on page in the English book. It's page three hundred and ninety-nine. I think there is. <clears throat> so it's it's about it's about you know, it talks about miners and users and. There's, uh, there's this notion that miners somehow controls the system. Uh, but that's, that's not, that's not the case. So I say, uh, I write, we pay miners to perform correct, honest transaction confirmations. We don't pay them to de decide the rules. We pay them to follow the rules. The rules are decided collectively by everyone. You and me by running our Bitcoin software of choice. And I think that that kind of um, encapsulates the whole book. Um, so that's, yeah. So those are the two chapters that I, I am most uh, pleased with, I think. Yeah, and for good reason. And uh, just for the viewers and listeners, you know, uh, the transaction malleability. Malleability means like, for example, if you have a lump of metal that you, you can then uh, melt and form into different shape. It's the kind of like the same content, atomic content, but it's in a different shape now to give you kind of an idea what we're talking about. Yeah, um, you can, you can uh, change a transaction in subtle ways without actually making it invalid. Right, right. And that's a problem with the SegWit upgrade. I mean, the problem that SegWit upgrade fixes, fixes for us. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, the, the block size war that happened in, in 2017. And uh, by the way, we're also translating that book. Uh, have you read it by the chance? It's, no, I haven't. I haven't. Me neither. I, I need to read it, but uh, I hear it's a, it's a great uh, account of, of the history of how, how the, you know, block size war and what, what went down there. And basically the idea, just like you outlined there correctly, uh, that we don't, uh, you know, my list or run the show. Right. And, and this has been, a. Uh, I think still to this day, some people believe that miners somehow 
control the consensus rules when in fact it's, it's the case that the Bitcoin, I'm, I'm not so sure if the users pay the miners, but maybe Bitcoin pays all of these players playing correctly uh, according to the consensus rules that are then enforced by by every single user, end users yeah. uh, use, using their own implementation of the Bitcoin software on their own uh, uh, hardware uh, nodes. And then of course the miners are also a player who will then have to make a choice. Do they follow the consensus of the rest of the nodes or do they try to uh, hurt the system and then in that way undermine their own uh, wealth generation system. So th this becomes kind of like a, a nice equi equilibrium where it is not beneficial to change the strategy or try to overtake the system. And with Knut, actually, I have to mention it because it was, it was so brilliant. Knut, Knut said it's like a, you know, uh, universe Mexican standoff, like, uh, imagine a Mexican standoff in a, in a universe where time runs backwards. <laughs> Let's see. That was interesting. That was so funny. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to want to definitely add and talk about the book and, you know, make sure that people understand why is it a good book? Uh, not really. I'm, I'm just, uh, super happy the way it turned out with, uh, with the open source version. Uh, we have now the, the German version and the Finnish version, both open source based on my open source, uh, original. And I think that's a, a beautiful way to see people collaborating uh, around a work like this uh, without, without contracts, without uh, uh, actually without payment mostly and uh, just out of pure passion. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, but I would say that, uh, you know, it's nothing is ever without payment. That's why we do those trades traits, you know, like also what, what you no know, outlines in his books and it's, uh, you know, uh, Mises and Rothbard as well, you know, everything is a trade, right? Like every, every interaction is a trade. We have a positive outlook, uh, for the trade. So we don't just do it out of altruism necessarily. Um, you know, personally, I'm accumulating information capital, this kind of like status capital in, uh, in among Bitcoiners by doing these things that benefit the ecosystem that at least that is the intention. So, you know, I intend to, uh, that is kind of like my payment and I intend to leverage that payment uh, going forward in this, in this scene and do other great things. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily maybe without the immediate uh, payment in terms of money or monetary compensation. Sure. Uh, it's not extre extremely uh, lucrative business to translate French language technical books. However, that is not that, you know, like Bitcoiners have the lowest of low of time preference. So I don't necessarily even think that this is going to pay off during my lifetime. I think I'm thinking already like a couple of generations ahead, you know, what we are building there. And, and for that information saturation is key. We have to have this information available to as many people as possible. And of course we can't force it down their throat, but it has to be there. And that's why I find, find it so. Uh, great uh, that you chose to go the open source way. And I, I really encourage all the authors to think, you know, the long game, what we're doing here, because it does not under undermine uh, the possible or the prospect of also short-term sales. In fact, it might make it even better because now people have a chance to, you know, get familiar with your work, with your book, you know, have a trial and then decide, okay, do I want to own this, put it in my shelf 
And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a win-win situation. So please consider it. Yeah, I totally agree on the, on the value part here. Uh, what's the value for me to translate the, the book? Yeah. And it's obviously not always uh, immediate monetary compensation, but, but other values that I value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, the monetary compensation, I think it's just a matter of time, right? I mean, if we look, if we look at the, uh, how popular this information is in total, like if you go to any mainstream media outlet and, and see what they write about Bitcoin, you start to realize how early we are and, and how it's, it's, it's not a surprise that it's still like, uh, you know, Bitcoiners are really fringe, like a, almost like a hobbyist group of people who are not being taken seriously globally. Not as, as of now, it might take still like five, 10 years. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but once it does have, and it will happen, I think, you know, that will drive the, the demand for this information that has been the thesis of consciousness net for, from the beginning. You know, we're, we're looking at the 10 years minimum, you know, time frame for this. And we're only two, three years in. So we're only getting started and warmed up. And it has been encouraging how how well received these services have been, you know, we already have like, uh, about 20 different titles across dozen of languages, uh, that we grew from one fringe language and, and one fringe, uh, topic this is from 2019. Uh, so yeah, I'm feeling really bullish about the information distribution. I'm not going to stop anytime soon. I hope you're working on, a, you on start, another book. You started out, you started out with the, the Bitcoin standard, didn't you? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one was Knut's, uh, sovereignty through mathematics. And then I, th I think the third one was probably already your book. And ironically, it's the one that is still not out yet because <laughs> we've had a lot of trouble with that. No, no, no. This, the, that, that must have been the, the German version. Or did you start? Actually, well, actually, we started with the Finnish version before the German version. <laughs> I didn't know this, but, 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 but we got lucky with the, because Volker was doing the excellent job with the, with the translation and, and he did so much work on the figures. And I, I just, you know, uh, mostly the, the biggest hurdle for me was the typesetting, which is still, uh, you know, th that part is already existing because of the, thanks to the German version. But now yeah. with the Finnish version, we also have to do all the figures ourselves. And it's, uh, it's just turned out to be a much, much bigger task than, than we anticipated. But I, I sincerely hope that we get it out by the end of the year, but uh, I, 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 I hesitate to promise anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're doing a fantastic job. So thank you very much for all your work. Thanks. And thanks for, for trusting me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be able to do this. So if you, if you don't have anything else you want to share about the book, or maybe, um, can I ask if, if you're writing another one, um, are, you, are you planning to write another book? I'm not, and I'm not planning to write another book. Um, I was thinking about writing complementary chapters to blocking Bitcoin for Taproot. Okay. I haven't, I haven't started that work yet and I'm not sure if I, uh, we'll start. Uh, we'll see actually. Right now I'm doing my consultancy work. Uh, so that takes up most of my time right now. And, um, I, so I, I honestly don't know. Uh, that's all I can say. And well, I guess we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for writing this book. And I, I think it's, uh, 
it's going to be one of the classics in, in Bitcoin scene for sure. It's, it's like it fills the gap between maybe those super uh, very technical uh, programming books about Bitcoin and uh, more broad hi historical philosophical books uh, for maybe at the moment a niche audience, but I think uh, it's an increasing one. Yeah, and that's the that's my original goal as well to fill that particular gaps. Yeah, very cool. All right. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell our viewers, our listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, read maybe some of your, your tweets? I, you're in Twitter, right? Yep, I'm on Twitter. You can reach me at Kalle uh, Rosenbaum in one word. Or I'm, uh, I am Kalle at Mastodon. On Mastodon, I'm Kalle at BitcoinHackers.org. So, All right. Please feel free. My DMs are open. Excellent. Thank you, Carla, for your time and, and thank you for viewers. Thank you for listeners. And if you're looking in the YouTube, remember to subscribe to us, hit the bell button as well, uh, because we're going to keep making these uh, author casts at least as, as long as we have authors left. Uh, so definitely hit the bell button and be, be notified when the next one is out. And yeah, this also let, let me know if you like this kind of uh, format. I, I've been enjoying doing this. I would like some feedback as well if, if you enjoy watching them. So just let me know. And as always, you can find me uh, with Omnifin, both in, in Twitter and in Telegram. And my DMs are also there. If you have an author or you have a book to recommend that we should uh, distribute or, or get it translated in several languages, that's always something that I'm looking, looking forward to. So thank you for everybody. Thank you, Carla, one more time. And I'll see you in the next one.